Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, I'm Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm with the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And I invite guests who have a story, a story about what it was like to not have a voice. And somehow they woke up, they had a journey, and they did find their voice. And some of them, like my guest today, help others. In fact, have made a passion, have made a life's work out of helping others find their voice. So welcome today to Mr. Les Brown. Hello, Les. How are you doing? I'm so glad to be with you, Dr. Downing. You have such a beautiful smile. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Takes one to know one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. So I would like to start. I know I've heard you and you have. But I want to ask you a question before you ask me to tell All my right. story. What do you mean by finding your voice? How do you define that? What does that look like for you? Well, I think from what I've discovered about myself not having had a voice, I had a PhD in psychology, of all things. That's a little bit about my story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was comfortable one-on-one in my office. But as soon as you put me in maybe six people, a room of six other psychologists, my heart would beat so loud, I couldn't hear myself think. So I was not connected to my voice. I couldn't even speak up and share, let's say, some information about my case. So voice was locked inside of me because of my fear. And uh, a lot of times, I think that is part of what people tell me is that there's some kind of hesitation, some kind of fear about being able to express themselves. (laughs) Well, I can really identify with that because I remember a long period in my life that I did not speak up when I was around people who had a college degree because I don't have a college degree and, and, and people who work for major corporations. I never worked for major corporations. And, and that was a goal and dream that I had to speak for major corporations around the world and various types of organizations. And, and my fear of speaking in, in front of people who had more education than I have was that I would look stupid or dumb or who wants to listen to me? Somebody who was born in an abandoned building on a floor and adopted and labeled educable mentally retarded in the fifth grade and put back from the fifth grade to the fourth grade and fail again when I was in the eighth grade. I just felt that no one would be interested in anything that I said because when I was in school, they called me DT, the dumb twin. I have a twin brother. And then I had a defining moment. I went into a class. I was a junior in high school. And and the instructor was someone with your kind of personality. His name was Leroy Washington. Mr. Brown? I said, yes, sir. Go to the board and, 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 and the front of the room and work this problem out for us. And I said, sir, I can't do that. And he said, why not? I said, 
I'm not one of your students. I'm just here to see MacArthur Stevens. He said, do it anyhow. I said, I can't do it, sir. He said, why not? I said, oh. and the other kids started laughing, saying, he's Leslie. He's got a twin brother, Wesley. Wesley's smart. He's DT. And he asked, what's DT? He's the dumb twin. And I said, I am, sir. And he came behind his desk and he looked at me. He said, don't you ever say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Do you hear me? And I said, yes, sir. Now, my mother said, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. That's not true. Words can hurt you very deeply. And they did. But when he spoke on that day, how people live their lives, as you know, is a result of the story they believe about themselves. And so he disrupted my story of how I saw myself, which shows up and how I was living my life and, and, and gave me a vision of myself beyond my mental conditioning and the limited thoughts that I had about myself. And inspired me to start writing a new chapter in how I lived my life and showed up in life. Oh, thank you. I love that story, especially around what you're saying about the story we tell ourselves. And for a good time, a period where we are more, most formative in, early in life, you know, where the people in our lives mirror back to us who we are. And you were mirrored back as somebody who is less than your brother. And how, how do you know what else to believe if you're not mirrored back? So that teacher, that moment it was like he broke the the mirror that had been around you or the whole surrounding sense. Yes, of because I was in an environment where I was treated less than, as you made note of. And but the other piece is that and, and as we look at ourselves in and out of the pandemic, that part of what we must do is continuously embrace a strategy that will allow us to know that we are stronger than we give ourselves credit for being. You know, in Lion King, Simba, you're more than that which you have become. We're living in a time and a place where we've never been before, where there are people that are feeling fearful for their life. Uh, we don't see an end to the pandemic. The, the new information and all type of misinformation that's out here we're living in a time where there's more stress and anxiety and uncertainty and fear and increase in suicide and spike in violence, bizarre behavior, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. And, and so we, in this place where we are, we have to, and, and the reason that I'm training speakers how to connect with their voice, to be voices of hope and inspiration and and voices of harmony and love and 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 create a new culture for us. You know, as Steve Jobs, who said, the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. So teaching them people how to find their voice and and create a, a, a new narrative of how we interact and how we show up in life is, is the mission that I've taken upon my life. 
Yes, I I know you have. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to have you here today to both show, like you said earlier on, some of the beginnings, your early beginnings, which were not uh, real positive, let's put it that way as a, as a frame. But um, so that message to people, no matter what the history is in your life, that you can come to know yourself in a new way. It's a new story. And yes. so we're talking about, well, then other than a teacher that comes in and says, hey, you, <laughs> you're magnificent and just know that you're so powerful and you're beautiful. Uh, how do people, let, let's talk about how people can find their voice. And I, I do this podcast and I interview lots of people. So I have a lot of information about how people have done that. But I'd like to hear how you think people can find their voice. Well, I think that that people who are serious and want to make a living doing it, or they have some cause that they believe in, that they want to, to be the storyteller of that cause, they should get a coach, somebody who's experienced, who has done it the way they want to do it, and 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 get some coaching from, from them. Because you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And, and the other thing is that it's very important that you work on yourself, have a self-development ritual of listening to motivational messages on a regular basis, reading 30 to 40 pages of something positive every day. I do this now. I'm 77 years old. I've been doing this for 52 years. And so I still have this ritual for mental maintenance because stuff happens and we have to really fortify ourselves and keep our faith in our faith in order to begin to live life on our terms. And so, and the other thing is that by working on yourself, um, strengthening your belief in yourself and something that, that represent your values and some impact you want to make with your life, and having something beyond your comfort zone, because in order to do something you've never done, you've got to become someone you've never been. And with a coach, you can begin to develop your intuitive abilities to make an impact on a larger level to live a life that will outlive you. And so I ventured into this area. I got a coach because I saw Dr. Norman Vincent Peale and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Albert Schweitzer was a guy that I read. And, 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 and various other people that I read and love their work. And I wanted to talk about those things that, that interest me. And, and, and so Victor Franco, Man's Search for Meaning, all of these various books that I was reading that I just developed a fascination with wanting to inspire people because my mother, my adopted mother, she she worked for wealthy families on Miami Beach and one of the families, Mr. Sadursky, he used to listen to motivational messages on a regular basis. And I had to clean his office. And I remember listening to Earl Nightingale uh, who, who did a, a speech called The Strangest Secret in the World. He said, you don't get in life what you want, you get in life what you are. Um, Earl Nightingale, was a very brilliant man. And then Zig Ziglar, who wrote a book called See You at the Top. He said, if you give enough people what they want, they will give you what you want. Now, Jim Rowan, when the end comes for you, let it find you conquering a new mountain, not sliding down an old one. And so that began to give me a larger vision of myself. And 
I said, I want to do that. I, I love people. I love to inspire people and, and make people laugh and feel good. I said, I want to do that. And so I decided that I was going to do this, what I'm now doing. But I didn't do it for 14 years because I was suffering from possibility blindness. I just didn't believe somebody would pay me to speak. <laughs> there's there's that wonderful laughter. And I have one quote too. It, it's from John Cabot Zinn, wherever you go, there you are. Yes. And Nancy Wilson, she re recorded a, a song um, to that effect. Absolutely. And, and so, but let's take, for, for instance, your name, Doreen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Doreen. I, I want to talk to you about finding your voice. And, and what I'd like for you to do is write this down. Dream big. Uh, people who find their voice, they realize that in order to do something you've never done, you've got to become someone you've never been. Dream big. Most people fail in life not because they aim too high and miss. Most people fail in life because they aim too low and hit. Dream big. The next thing is, ladies and gentlemen, write this down. Ownership. Decide to own your life. Most people are living somebody else's dream. Most people allowing their circumstances and their environment or things that they've experienced to determine how they show up. They're leading with their wounds and, and negative experiences that they have gone through. But when you have this ownership mindset, there's a spirit of optimism in you that you know the things may happen around you and things may happen to you, but the only thing that really count are the things that happen in you. So you take ownership of your life and of your circumstances, and you begin to realize that the future belongs to those who create it. And the next thing is relationships. Surround yourself with people that have knowledge and abilities and skills that you don't have. If you run around with nine broke people, I guarantee you, you'll become number 10. <laughs> so you want to surround yourself with OQP, only quality people. And when you do that, Sidney Portier, who just passed recently, he said, when you go for a walk with someone, and this is in his book called The Measure of a Man, he said, something happens without being spoken. He said, either you adjust to their pace or they adjust to your pace. Whose pace have you adjusted to? Mm -hmm. My name is Doreen. I just gave you a little sprinkle. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's another one of your sayings. Now, now you're laughing. Well, dream, ownership, and relationship is what you just said. So I just want to make sure yes. we, everybody gets that written down. And I would say something that I said to you the other day about, you know, you, what you're saying today is that you've got to be somebody you haven't been yet. And what I believe is deep inside is that somebody you haven't been yet. It's like you being who you were when you were born, who you were when you were in that, you know, that dilapidated place that you grew up in. On an abandoned building on a floor. Yes. But here's something else. As you're aware, how we form our thoughts about ourselves is through observation the conversations that we hear, the environment that we're in, the people that are around us, we're like sponges between zero and seven. Yes. 
and there's a voice. I re remember reading the book called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. He said, there's a voice that formulates in our heart between zero and seven. Yeah. It's either yes or it's no. And that vision, those choices, that environment dictates for the most part how we go forward in life. And that's why it's important that one, we get to know who we are, the truth of who we are, and not who the world tells us who we are. My favorite book says, be ye not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're living in a very dangerous time now where we have technology that knows more about us than we know about ourselves. Mm -hmm. They have algorithms that, that can tell if a person is a homosexual when they come into a room or a lesbian, before they know it, by the movement of their eyes, whoa, oh, behave. I'm saying that. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about something I wanted to purchase. And then when I looked at my phone, there was all type of advertising for that particular product. Come on. And so we're being programmed to buy things constantly. That data that that even when we think our, our instruments, our phones are off, they're still listening. And, and they have algorithms to follow when we go from one place to the other in terms of our physical movements, but also in terms of our purchasing of products or the conversations that we have. This is a different kind of space. So getting to know who you are and what you stand for and what you represent is major in this space, unlike any place that we've ever been before. Yes, and I think that goes back to ownership. What you're talking about is claim. And then what I what I started to say about wherever you go, there you are. And you, early in your life, before your, your message took hold to who am I, you know, before that heart uh, message at seven, uh, I believe that your brilliance was hidden. And that's what we have to do when you talk about dream. We have to tap into the part that never really got to live so expansively and let her, let him out. And Doreen, you are so on target because we're made in the likeness and image of God. Yes. It doesn't get any better than that. We've been given the power, authority, and dominion over everything on the face of the earth. However, we will never exercise authority and dominion over our lives until we exercise authority and dominion over what we are not. Yes. So the world <laughs> is defining us. And so what we have to do is to amplify that voice inside ourselves. I saw an analogy this morning, and it said, when an eggshell is cracked open from an outside force, uh -huh. the life force in that egg dies. But when a force inside the egg cracks it, that force is life. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so what we do and what your program is, doing is helping people to find their voice, to have a breakthrough on 
living their lives differently. It it brings alive something in them that's been lying dormant. Dr. Miles Monroe used to say, rob the cemetery of your gifts, of your dreams, of your talents, of your abilities, that most people die an unlived life. And so this program that you are sharing with people on a regular basis is designed to create a new kind of culture. Steve Jobs said the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. When people find their voice, they can become a force for good, just as people who are right now reigning, who are forces for darkness. And so we owe it to ourselves and to our children and to our children's children to leave the planet in better shape than how we found it. It was Leo Tolstoy. He said, as I face inevitable death, what in the purpose and meaning of my life that will not be undone or destroyed when I'm gone? And I say to you, the people that you help find their voice and they go out and they decide to do a podcast, helping people to begin to realize that what they say, it does matter, and 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 begin to connect with the power that they have within themselves to do more, have more, and experience more. That work will not be undone or destroyed when Doreen checks out. That's my story. Now I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it's not just about uh, being a, a inspirational speaker on a stage. It's about being a PTA mother who goes to a meeting and says, "Hey, board, this is not working for my child." It's uh, so many stories that I've heard about people who can't find a voice. Uh, let's say relationship, even you know, where a woman who's uh, in a in a bad situation who said no more. And so I love just what you just said about finding your voice is where your power is and you can speak. And that goes back to wherever you are, there you go, is that if you have your voice and the situation is, well, one of the words you just use is dark, you can say, whoa, wait, I would need to turn on the light here. (laughs) Yes. You you realize that you are the light. Ah. And and, and that death and life is in the tongue. So we have to be mindful of what we say and how we say it and how we interact. Because if I say to you, uh, after hearing you say, no, something less, uh, I think I'm going to do a podcast on finding a voice. And if I say, you, you can't do that, Doreen, MIT did a study and the study indicated that somebody else has to come along and say, Doreen, you can do it. Doreen, don't listen to him. You can do it. You can do it. 16 times to nullify that one negative comment. Uh. Yes. So words are powerful. And so we have to be mindful of the words, not only what we say to each other, but the words that we say to ourselves. Because that conversation, we have to continue to build that up, to build mental resolve to begin to rise above the noise of the world. They call this the attention economy for a reason, because the world out here is so noisy, it drowns out the voice, that still small voice within. And we start living our lives from the outside in rather than from the inside out, 
where the power is. Come on, somebody. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you've shared exactly what I hoped today was that you both had your challenges. You had your wake up and you've had your journey. And because of all of what you've taken in, the being able to uh, own the ownership, have relationships it feels like you are able to help people now. So how do people find you? I mean, there are a lot of people who are listening who say, hey, this man can really uplift me. And I I need him to tell me the kinds of things he heard that day in school and the things that Doreen happens to be saying. So how do do they get in touch with you, Les? Well, they they can go to coachmelesbrown.com. That's a great Coach title. Me Coach, Less me Brown. Less. <laughs> Coach me less. Coach me less I'm hungry. Yes. Yeah. I want to do what you do or help me to begin to connect with the power that I have within myself to live a life that will outlive me. Coach me less one S. Great. Well, we're near the end, but I want to give you an opportunity just to Say anything that feels like it's coming through you right now to listeners to end our time together. We're living in a time where we have the opportunity to turn our adversities to advantage. This is this place where we are. It's a crisis. And as we are aware, crises in the Chinese language, it means danger, but it also means opportunity. And so we have the opportunity now to be a source of of inspiration and help build communities of collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships as we move forward into the future to create a world that we could all be proud of, to leave a legacy. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Thank you, Mr. Les Brown. Thank you. I appreciate you and who you are and how you've decided to live a committed life to be a force for good. Force for good. Oh, yeah. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.